0: Coming up on this episode, I'm joined by my riding colleague at Blue Man Hoop, Griffin Gamble, to kind of do a recap of the Warrior offseason, grabbed his opinions on the big Jordan Poole-Chris Paul trade, the drafting of Trace Jackson-Davis and Brandon Pajemski, the free agent signings of Corey Joseph and Dario Surich, plus a look ahead to this Warrior season, general expectations, what we most want to see from the Warriors early in the season, who we're most excited to watch play, of course, Warrior basketball starts on Saturday against the Lakers in the preseason opener. So looking forward to that. But in the meantime, enjoy this chat between Griffin and I. Alrighty, welcome Griffin. How are you, mate? How's your day been? Been up to to too much?
1: Nothing, nothing much. It's going good. I'm excited that the NBA season's right around the corner. I'm happy to be on here. So thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Good to have you, mate. Yeah, of course, the... uh... The NBA preseason has just started with the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Dallas Mavericks. I was just telling you that it was on at 3 o'clock in the morning my time, so I probably wasn't uh, quite going to get up and watch that. If it was the Warriors, maybe, but yeah, for a preseason game between those two teams, not quite. Anyway, let's talk some Warriors. So I want to rewind here, take you back uh, to the start of the offseason, to June, to draft day the Chris Paul, Jordan Poole trade. Just wanted to get your initial thoughts Mm -hmm. on that deal uh, and how your opinion may have kind of transformed since then.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you've ever read any of my stuff, you know I'm a huge Jordan Poole guy. Um, So when the news came through, I was a little disappointed uh, just because I thought we were going to stick it out with them. I know all the -the off-the-court issues with Draymond, But I really thought we were going to stick with it. I just think that we're going to miss him a lot more than people suspect. Um, Played in all 82 games last year, second lead scorer. I think when Steph was out, we were about 500, with Jordan Mm -hmm. kind of leading the way. Um, So I'm just, personally, I was a little disappointed. Um, And then obviously getting back a guy that we've been kind of butting heads with over the years, and Chris Paul was definitely strange. But I think I saw a couple tweets today about how how the locker room's adjusting to it and just how upfront Chris Paul is and his veteran leadership that I'm starting to I'm starting to come around to it but at first I was a little I was a little disappointed just cuz JP's my guy but but I, I'm 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 coming around to it for sure.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Do you think that at least in the short term obviously the Warriors did this move to for a win now move thinking that Chris Paul can be more of a contributor this season. Do you think that that is the case or would you have preferred to have Jordan Poole this season coming up?
1: Ah, uh, great question I mean, obviously, yeah, CP with how little time he has left, um he's going to it's going to be a win now for us. Um he's obviously been chasing that ring for a long time. Um and he thinks he can get it with us, but I mean, it's a tough question, but I think, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Chris is the answer this season. Um, but Jordan, Jordan also, you know, in that finals run was definitely a big part of our team, especially that first round against Denver. Um, he had some monster games. Obviously, I know this last year's playoffs wasn't great, but yeah, so I guess to answer your question in a roundabout way, um, I hope Chris Paul is the answer to our win now problems, but I, I still might lean Jordan on that one.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I did do an article on Blue Man Hooper a couple of days ago looking at the players, former players from the last couple of seasons that the Warriors will miss the most. Uh, and Jordan Poole was obviously on my list. And I do agree with you that his availability, for starters, the fact that he played all 82 games, uh, obviously a big factor mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then just his scoring off the bench, I think that might be less of an issue. Obviously, Chris Paul is not going to necessarily replace. Jordan pulls 20-plus points per game, Uh, but with his playmaking, I think uh, the team as a whole will be able to replace that. But the availability thing, um, particularly when you're replacing a 24-year-old with a 38-year-old, is obviously the biggest factor. Um, Obviously, that night with the the draft, uh, the Warriors taking Brandon Pajemski with the 19th overall pick, trading uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. for the 57th overall pick, which they used on Trace Jackson-Davis, uh, the latter particularly was another kind of win-now move with Jackson Davis having played four years of college mm-hmm. at Indiana and being 23 years old. Uh, do you think that that was um, the good move for the Warriors or were you a little bit disappointed they passed on you know, Cam Whitmore who was you know slid in the draft and mm-hmm. ended up going 20 to Houston? Uh, did you have any thoughts on that?
1: Oh, yeah, I had written down Cam Whitmore. Yeah, he... Um I thought he was a top five talent. And then, you know, the injury concerns, I understand. Um, but I thought he would have fit perfectly with us. Um, unfortunately, we went in a different direction, but you know, with pods, I think he's got great IQ. I mean, that's just something you can't teach his pass. You saw it in the summer, like the passing, he rebounds really well for a guard. Um, my only concern with him is just his consistency as a shooter. Um, he's got that nice lefty stroke, but I, I really want to see him be, be elite. From the three point line to see him get in the rotation. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Jackson Davis, I'm from Minnesota, obviously, so Big Ten's huge around here. So I saw a lot of Jackson Davis over those four years. Um, <clears throat> he's, he's undersized for his position, but really athletic, very good defender. I mean, I expect to see if he does play a little bit, I expect to see him blocking a lot of shots, something that, you know, we've, We've definitely struggled. We don't get that with Loon. Loon gets all the rebounds, but Loon's not really protecting the rim. So I think that could be a nice piece. Um, other than that, I mean, I I just had written down that I'm really excited for Lester as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think Lester, we got him on that good deal this summer. I'm really excited to see him and maybe Pods kind of kind of battle it out for a position there off the bench.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know, with the injury to Corey Joseph early here in training camp, maybe there's a spot open early in the season for one of those two guys to come in and play a role. And obviously Jackson Davis, as you speak about, you know, being 23 years of, 23 years of age, um, more mature player for years at college, maybe he's more ready to go mm-hmm. uh, than obviously what many others in his draft class would be. There's a bit of speculation about his height kind of thing. It was interesting, you know, I've seen people say 6'9", 6'10". He was actually listed at 6'8", uh, on the official Warriors training camp roster. So he is smaller for his position. Um, but as I've been saying all off-season, I think mm-hmm. the Warriors are, are targeting big men who fit their style of play rather than necessarily just genuine size uh, and height and athleticism. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Moving from the trade to the draft to the free agent signing, so the Warriors obviously picked up Corey Joseph, as I just mentioned, and then Dario Saric was a big pickup for the Warriors. He's now the tallest player on the roster at 6'10". What did you make of those two signings, and was there a player or two you were disappointed that the Warriors didn't get that was you know, realistically available?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Sarge, Sarge is a great pickup. I think CP mentioned it yesterday um, in one of his interviews because he played with him in Phoenix. How just good of a teammate Sarge is. Um, he's a great teammate, good veteran, good locker room guy. He obviously can stretch the floor. And like you said, if he's our tallest guy and he can stretch the floor, that, that bodes well for us. Um, so I think he brings a little bit of that Otto Porter Jr. role. I think that we were really missing last year that maybe people didn't talk about in the offseason. Otto Porter was huge for that championship run. Um, so I think Sarge brings a lot of that um, to our team. And then, yeah, Corey Joe. Corey Joe's just good depth at the at the point guard position. You know, Steph's not going to play all 82. Chris isn't going to play all 82. Clay's probably not going to play all 82. So you know, having a guy like Corey Joe, who's been around the league for a long time, kind of a journeyman, I think he he brings good depth. Um as far as players that I go, that I was disappointed. I thought maybe Pat Bev would be a good one. Um he, he signed, I think, like a little three million dollar deal. And if it wasn't for Corey Joe, maybe like a Pat Bev off the bench. Um Tori Craig was another one that I was really interested in, kinda like kind of plays like that Otto Porter Jr. role. Um but other than that, I wasn't too mad with how free agency went. Um, I saw Oubre went back to the, or went to the Sixers on a really cheap deal. So if, I didn't know if there was any interest in that and like a really cheap deal coming back or not. Because I still love Oubre. but but other than that, I I'm really happy with the Sarge and Corey Joe pickups.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I the the Ubre thing was I mean the Warriors reportedly want an an extra wing now with their 14th roster spot. So he would have been I guess the most talented player um, left available in the last few mm-hmm. weeks here to fill that kind of gap. Tory Craig was another one, obviously, earlier in the offseason in the free agency window where he was, I know across Twitter, Warrior fans were desperate uh, for the franchise to get their hands on him, and again, he would have filled that kind of wing role. So talking of the 14th roster spot, who do you think the Warriors should target with that? Obviously, they've got a bunch of guys on training camp deals here. Rudy Gay is probably the most prominent one, and I've found his kind of strong present presence at Media Day as Somewhat of a surprise given that he had his own press conference, a number of the veterans were asked about him as well. He seems to be kind of the main one at the moment. Uh, is there anyone that you think of the, the guys on training camp deals or even someone that is still a free agent outside the organization that they should be targeting?
1: No, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, Rudy Gay kind of seems to be the one for the Warriors. Um, I've wanted Rudy Gay for like a really long time as a free agent. I think he would have fit perfectly on some of our other teams. And so I think he's going to be the guy. Like I saw Ronnie McGruger and with his past with Clay and all that stuff, I don't think he's really going to make the roster for us. So I, I'm really leaning Rudy Gay. I know, he's, I know he's a bit up there in age, but again, if we're going to win now, why not have a guy like that in your locker room for sure?
0: Yeah. Do you think that the Warriors should be targeting a wing here or like what were your thoughts regarding, you know, their interest in Dwight Howard and another big man because Draymond said in his press conference that, you know, another big man wouldn't hurt and then specifically focused on the Lakers series uh, last season, they obviously lost in the second round and and the lack of size that they had there. Are, are you comfortable with another wing being added rather than a big man?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I I didn't really understand the Dwight Howard thing, because I think, like you had mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's, you know, we've tried the the days of just getting someone with size, and it doesn't really work for us. Um, Just the style of play and just kind of trying to plug in a big man doesn't really work. you got to be able to pass, got to be able to set great screens, got to be able to maybe stretch the floor a little bit. So, I mean, if it ends up being a wing player, I think it's just got to be the best available and who's the best fit for us, and I think, honestly, that's probably Rudy Gay.
0: yeah. I'm starting to come around to the fact that, you know, we've just got enough big men. Like, there's not the the (laughs) seven-footer on the roster at all, but there is Loon, there is Surich, there is Dre, there is Jackson Davis, and of course there is Usman Gruber. And I think once the Gruber two-way contract happened... I think that was the end of any possibility of the Warriors using um, the 14th roster spot on another big and and potentially a genuine seven-footer. Anyway, uh, regular season is obviously coming up here in a few weeks' time. What's the first thing that you want to see from the Warriors when the regular season gets underway, whether it be from a play style perspective or anything?
1: Yeah, I think really it just comes down to effort and consistency for me. Personally, like being a fan first of this team, um, we've seen over the years that they've been able to kind of switch it on and off because they've had such great teams. I think those days are gone, especially with how good the West is. There's no more taking nights off. And last year was just a complete roller coaster, Um, not being able to win on the road, those struggles. So I really just want to see the effort be there from day one. Um, I know guys are old and I know it's hard to get up for, you know, like a Wednesday game and you know, Portland or something, but I just really want to see the consistency be there. especially from the young guys who might be in and out of the rotation. And then obviously defense, I think defense is going to really, really be important for us this season. Um, We know the offense is there, but can guys like Kaminga and Moody come in and shut down other teams, best players is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, the defence, I think, is the biggest key, and Steve has already looked at mm-hmm. that um, early in training camp. He, he suggested that defence is, and returning to a top 10 defence, is the first point of business for the Warriors in training camp and specifically um, looked and focused on Gary Payton II and having uh, a full and healthy Gary Payton II for the whole season will be really important. Mm-hmm. And a key factor in that, specifically given that Draymond is going to miss the start of the regular season here. There's probably going to be uh, a little bit more um, pressure, I suppose, on the likes of Gary Payton II and those, um, you know, Andrew Wiggins, the perimeter defenders, without having Dray behind them, I suppose, early in the season. Um, Which player are you kind of, you know, most looking forward to watching this season, most excited for as we get underway?
1: Yeah. I think the easy answer is Steph, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't just leave it at that. We know what Obviously, we're getting from him. Yeah, we know what we're getting from him, but he's he's such a joy to watch. I think we are we forget how lucky we are as fans to watch him every night. Um, but for me, definitely the young guys. I think uh, Kaminga and Moody for sure. Last year, you know, they were in and out of the rotation a lot, and that could be really challenging as a young player. But Moody always came in and was just always ready to go, which is something Steve has always preached to those guys off the bench be ready so you don't have to get ready. And I think Moody really embodies that. But Kaminga for me with Chris Paul now, maybe coming off the bench when Dre's back, Chris Paul, JK and Moody and GP coming off the bench. So I want to see how that bench unit looks. Cause we know when Steph's off the floor, how does that team look? And then I thought it was interesting too, that Steph said in his interview the other day, how healthy clay looks. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see kind of a healthy from the jump of the season. Clay, maybe get back to some of that, those nights nice shooting that we, we used to see from clay. And so I'm excited for that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, Clay's probably my favourite player, so to see him back for fully <laughs> healthy, uh, ready to go at the start of the season. Obviously, his start to the season was pretty horrific last season, then his end to the season, uh, obviously in those last four games against the Lakers, were, were pretty horrific as well. So, yeah, I, I guess... A bit of a side question to kind of the J.K. Moody uh, conversation. I talked about it a couple of episodes ago, and it came up because on a recent Warriors Plus Minus podcast, Tim Kawakami said that he believed that Moody was ahead of Kaminga in the rotation, which surprised me a little bit. I know Moody obviously got you know a bit of runs, played some meaningful minutes in the playoffs. J.K. was axed. Um, from the rotation during the postseason Mm -hmm. but obviously in the regular season jk was a big factor played nearly 22 minutes a game who do you think will play more this season like if you look back at at the end at the end of the season who do you think is going to be averaging more minutes between those two great
1: question yeah i I that's a really good question. I would think I would hope both of them, I guess my answer would be I'd hope both mm. of them play meaningful minutes this year, especially throughout the year. Like Moody was in and out, and then you kind of throw him in the playoffs. I don't think that's really fair to him to to expect him to be ready, but he was, and that's just a testament to Moody. Um so I really think um probably JK though because I think him and Chris Paul is gonna be dynamic in a pick and roll situation. Um so I'm, I'm really leaning towards J.K., especially throughout the regular season, but I really hope that Moody, we see him more this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think both of those guys, I mean, I think um, Jonathan Kaminga should be playing at least 20 minutes again, if not hopefully bumping up closer to 25. Uh, and Moody, I think he only averaged mm-hmm. about 13 minutes or 13 to 16 minutes, somewhere around there in the regular season. Obviously had many nights where he was out of the rotation, even had a stint in the G League hopefully um, that kind of has gone has gone far past where he's at in his career and hopefully he can get up uh, averaging closer to 20 minutes. As well. Actually, before I I came on here, I was looking at a clip from Anthony Slater on Twitter of kind of JK and Wiggins um, doing some stuff uh, on the roll Mm -hmm. as a a diver to the rim. And and I'm just super interested and super excited to see kind of the Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga pick and roll potentially off the bench because I think that can be a really devastating and dynamic um, factor for the Warriors this season. Obviously, there's been a lot of trade speculation across the offseason, um, even after the Chris Paul trade. Most recently, we had the kind of Drew Holiday stuff and whether the Warriors would flip Paul and other assets for Drew Holiday. Is there anyone on this team that you think won't be around post-trade, de- post-trade deadline come February? And if so, why?
1: Yeah, Um. again, it kind of you know ties back to my last answer, which is funny because I want JK to play more. But I think that if Kaminga's not playing a lot more... That could be if Steve just doesn't have him in the rotation, that could be one player that I think maybe just because a young, talented could get a lot for him. Um, if you're really going win now and you need to replace him, I think you look for a veteran maybe. I hope it's not the case because I do really like the team that we've constructed and that we have. I really like the guys and cheering for them. So I I hope no one is my real answer. But if it had to be someone, maybe JK just for that win now, get a veteran player.
0: Yeah, I think I think everyone would say that that you know of anyone on the team that's the most likely just depending on what his role is this season. I do find it difficult with JK because he's only on that six seven million mark this season. Is that to get anything (laughs) of you know genuine uh, value in return, you would probably have to aggregate him with another salary, and I I suppose Chris Paul is the main one at this point. But you know, therefore you're taking a big piece out of your team in order to do that, and if it's just JK straight up. Like, I just wonder who else around that $6, $7 million mark around the league is really going to be worth giving up a high upside, incredibly talented, you know, two-way player for. Like, I just don't see it. Now, obviously, <laughs> you know, going back to the last season, Wiseman for for Gary Payton II, you know, I suppose that was the deal there. But if that were to happen this season and you were getting, you know, trading Kaminga for someone around, you know, similar output to Gary Payton II... I think most Warrior fans would be incredibly disappointed with that because we've seen a lot more from Jonathan Kaminga in his first two seasons than we ever saw from James Wiseman. And I actually think um, Mm -hmm. I saw yesterday Monty Williams saying that, you know, Wise is battling for the backup five position in Detroit. And so I think that trade is actually looking Mm -hmm. pretty decent for the Warriors. I don't think Wise is in a position here where he's going to make the Warriors regret trading him. Kaminga certainly could, and mm-hmm. I just think getting back someone like you know of a similar output to Gary Payton II is just is going to be a bit of a waste to be to be honest, and and not something yeah. that you necessarily want to be doing. Anyway, uh, general expectations for this season, I think the over under win line is like what is it forty six, forty seven and a half, or something like that. Obviously finished yep. sixth in the Western Conference last season, you would hope uh, that they're not as close to the play in tournament. This season, but of course the Western Conference is super competitive with, you know, probably eleven, twelve teams that all have a, a genuine and realistic possibility of, you know, making um making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the lines at forty seven and a half, you definitely hit that. Um I, I would love to just smash the over on that because as a fan, obviously I'm a little biased, but I really think we could be a top four team in the West. The two teams, you know, the Nuggets and Suns are really scary up there. The Lakers are going to be really good. But like you said, just avoiding that, that play-in tournament, I think, is the biggest thing for us. I don't want to be dancing with that again. So mm. top five seed in the West would be great, I think.
0: Yeah. I, I know, like, a lot of a lot of teams at this point, you know, it's the optimistic time of the season, right, where, you know, every team <laughs> thinks they're going to be better than what they were last season. But – I mean, there's a clear directive here for the Warriors. They were 44 and 38 last season. And they've probably got a better roster this season. And also just the fact that you missed Steph for 25 games last season. And most importantly, you missed Andrew Wiggins for... Well, he played 37 of 82 games. He missed 45 games. Andrew Wiggins has been incredibly (laughs) durable across his NBA career before last season. If you just put in the fact that, hey... Andrew Wiggins can will play sixty five plus games this season, unless you know something else goes horribly wrong. You can probably bank that that's, well, at least two more wins just just from that. Simply, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously, as Steve Kerr mentioned as well, the fact that you get Gary Payton the second back um, for a whole season. He, you know, obviously wasn't a hundred percent even when he came back for the Warriors. I think he played seven games at the end of the regular season, then was <clears throat> obviously thrown into the the playoff rotation, and his importance can't be understated given he started those last couple of games of the second round series against the Lakers. One thing I I did want to mention just off the Warriors for a moment because it's really been fascinating me recently. I've been talking to a lot of people about it. I just want to go back to the Dame trade for a second and specifically Mm -hmm. Phoenix, because obviously from a Warrior perspective, one of the bigger rivals in the conference, we'll see them on, on opening night. The Nurkic-Aiton move, and obviously that added Nazir Little, Grayson Allen uh, as well. What did you make of that from a Phoenix perspective? Because I didn't like it at all. Some people did love it. Uh, it just it interests me.
1: Yeah, um, very interesting trade for them. I don't know what Nurkic will bring to them that Aiton didn't, I guess. Maybe just some veteran accountability because Aiton seemed to take nights off defensively I guess but Nurkic isn't you know like a elite rim protector someone that can get out and move his feet um I think Grayson Allen is great depth for them I think that's a really good pickup um maybe even this year little too but I just really think that that's who they got right in this year little yeah yeah okay yeah so I just think that um from a depth pers- perspective it's it's good for them but again I thought Aiden was pretty good I know there were some issues with him and the in the team, so maybe it was just kind of like a Jordan Poole situation just moving on from that. Um but yeah, the Suns are gonna be tough this year for sure.
0: Yeah, there are certainly I mean I've I've said the whole offseason, I think you know, in terms of the West, Denver clearly deserved to be the favorite, undoubtedly, after winning the championship. But aside from that, you've got Phoenix, you've got the Warriors, you have got the Lakers i like the mavericks this season to be honest i think they're going to be much improved but you can go down the list i mean you know okc are going to be a competitive team um with their talent on a night to night basis so as i said there's plenty of teams here probably 11 12 teams that could really have a genuine shot at the playoffs uh anything else that you would like to add at all before we finish up where can we find your work and on twitter as well
1: yeah, yeah. So you can find my work on Blue Man Hoop. Um, and then my Twitter is Gamble underscore Griffin 3. Follow me there if you like Warriors, Warriors news and hoops. I'll be posting a lot more as the season starts. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome.
0: No worries. Thanks, uh, thanks, Griffin. We'll have to have you on uh, as uh, when the uh, season gets underway. Uh, and other than that, guys, um, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please Do that. Plenty more Warriors content coming as the season gets underway here on Saturday with the first preseason game against the Lakers. Looking forward to that. Other than that, guys, we'll see you on the next episode.